You ready? <laughs> I'm Lindsay White. And I'm Kellyanne DiCarlo. <laughs> and we are so excited to welcome you to the She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. A nuanced conversation between two internet friends about high-profile public figures who affect our culture. A passion project that stemmed from our mutual distaste for the tabloid's unfair description of Meghan Markle's work ethic. A deeper look into the strategy that fills your feeds as we discuss current pop culture and royal news. As well as share our own experiences behind the scenes in the entertainment industry. We believe in the gray area. Let's get into it. It's giving breakfast meeting. (laughs) hello hi guys how are how is everyone (laughs) you guys real talk Lindsay and i normally record on fridays but we just couldn't do it yesterday no so we decided to really just bring it bring it in and and do it on saturday what's today saturday Saturday, yes. Yeah. And so here we are Saturday morning with coffee. I don't have, I have I don't coffee. coffee. Okay. Well, I, I have coffee. Lindsay's very smart and doesn't do caffeine. Good for you. I know. I do caffeine. I just don't oh. do coffee. Okay. I do tea of some sort. I drink soda, which that is not. Yeah, but I, I love not, soda. Like, Well, it's the thing. I love a Coke and it's mm-hmm. – the thing is down south, we, we call everything Coke. So when you <laughs> go out to eat, I'm like, can I have a Coke? And they're like, what kind? Oh, and then you say it's very That's weird. That's so interesting. I love. I'm a Dr Pepper girly. See, I always drink Dr Pepper like every blue moon, and usually mm. when I eat Mexican food, it's a weird thing that. Oh, it's so good with con- yeah. How it pairs together, I don't know. If you love Dr Pepper, you should come to Waco, Texas. They have the Dr Pepper Museum. Field trip. It's- very cool. Anyways. That's really cool. Wait, but I saw a girl on TikTok fill one of her Stanley cups and I have not bought one yet. And I just want to, I just want a round of applause for me, for my um, self-control. Just saying. It's called growth, people. Um, yeah. Lindsay's literally holding hers up. It's, it's the reason is Lindsay is you have the one that I already want. So I feel like I can't get that one. Cause then we'll be twins. And I no. feel like I'm a little, yeah, you have like the periwinkle color. That's my favorite color ever. I love it. But it's fine. I take it. I take it everywhere with me. It's uh, it's honestly an emotional support <laughs> water bottle. I have a hydro flask, and it's in like a Tiffany blue color, which is not my vibe. But I was going to Disney World, and I wanted a water bottle that I could refill and save money, and not buy a Dasani every three blocks. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we went in July, and it was so hot that if you're not hydrating, you will pass out. Yeah. And um, so I had to make a game time decision, and I regret the color choice, if I'm being honest. Um, but I was saying I saw a girl on TikTok fill her Stanley cup with two Dr. Peppers and this like coconut syrup and I was like that's you drink that all day like that to me like I would be I would just be a walking sugar cube yeah in Utah since this in Salt Lake City, well, I think it's the whole state, but in Salt Lake City, there's rules and regulations for alcohol. You can only buy alcohol at a certain place. You can't buy it at a grocery store. That's how it is in Jersey too. You have to buy it from oh, a liquor really? store. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just not in, in Utah, but it's in like their government, like alcohol Yeah. Thing. Well, there's such a high Mormon population too. They have their own rules about alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And so my really good friend, Chanel, and her husband live, both they're from Salt Lake. I went to visit them during COVID. Well, when they was able to fly and they were like, I was like, what are you? all known for because I'm like trying to different places are not like known for like food or whatever yeah. she's like well we have a lot of soda places <laughs> so they took yes. me to the soda place there you can like mix whatever soda and like flavors like it's a mm-hmm. thing so, Utah is a very interesting place in general that's been one of the cool things about 
TikTok and all of these things is like such an it's such a different life. I've been to Utah. It's, it's so beautiful. So it's I like stunning. I get it, but it's like the w- thing that's so interesting about the United States is that because I I mean like I got off of a national tour. We toured the country for ten months, and what I learned is that everywhere looks like everywhere, but then some places look like a totally different country. Yeah, it's just wild. This country is so funny, so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting experiment. <laughs> it really is. Well, today, yeah. To the issue at hand. Well, there's a lot of things. So the Grammys happened on last Sunday. Mm -hmm. Super Bowl is this Sunday. Mm -hmm. Who are you you reading for again? Who? The Chiefs? Is that who? The Eagles? You're reading? Is that? No, I think I'm pretty sure you're reading for the Chiefs. (laughs) Last I heard. I'm not sure. I think I'm crazy, but. (laughs) Bye, Eagles. Um, Bye. I can't stand Philly sports. Sorry to your Philly listeners. I just can't do it. Y'all are annoying. I'm usually not like a Philly girl, but the Eagles, I have several ties to them. Four of our former Alabama players play for them. Their quarterback was our quarterback, Jalen, who's also from Houston played high school football at a high school here. He's like our guy. And then my entire mom's side of the family are all Eagles fans. So it's, it's, (laughs) I'm sure they're lovely people. They are. They're crazy. (laughs) Like I've never experienced anything in my life. I went to an Eagles game when they played uh, the LA Rams. LA is a weird place to watch football anyways, because it's such a transplant city. Yeah. And this is when we just got the Rams back and they, so pretty much everyone, if you go to a Rams game ever at the time, everyone was wearing their favorite team. So no one was in Rams. Random bag. It was people from everywhere because everyone lives there from different places and so whenever the eagles were playing they travel mm. and so it was like 60 40 40 meaning Rams oh yeah fans eagles fans 60. are insane i've never in my life experienced something so wild and that was actually the same year they were going to the super bowl but yes yeah, so they're crazy wild and i'm excited to see rihanna obviously oh yeah she's gonna kill it which is really cool because i have some friends that are performing which no one has really announced but everyone is in Scottsdale at the same time. I'm oh, it's so interesting how that happens. Everyone yeah. took a trip. Everyone took a trip. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited to see everyone. And it's really cool because her musical director is Adam Blackstone, who has worked for Nicki Minaj and Justin Timberlake. He was Justin Timberlake's musical director for tour in mm-hmm. the last Super Bowl. He's a really dope person. I believe he plays bass. Cool. And I think he played at the Grammys. I'm trying to think who he performed with, but he's awesome. And so he's kind of curating the set list. I heard it's going to be very nostalgic. I've heard she's not doing any new music. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I've heard too. It's pretty much just a celebration of her catalog and it's going to be 13 minutes. The other day she was still finalizing it and like that stress on my head for a dancer. I can't because, even imagine. Um, you could be not doing a, yeah. <laughs> a number and then you might be adding a number. Yeah. And yeah. I want to say the choreographer is going to be Paris Gobel. She did J-Lo's and she's done all of Rihanna's. J-Lo's like- was amazing. J-Lo and Shakira's were amazing. So I, so that's excited. one of my top faves. Me too. I have a list. It like made me emotional. I, w- I got like very emotional watching it. Yeah. So, so good. It, that was funny because someone Hers said- Hers and Beyonce's our- are my two favorite. Oh, J-Lo and Beyonce's. Super Bowl are my favorite performances. I really loved like Eminem's and like Dr. Dre last year. That was such a party and so fun. Yeah. But I think this one's going to be really awesome because, you know, Rihanna hasn't performed in like 
what, seven years? Yeah. And she's such a different person now. I mean, she's, she's like a, a, a mogul. I mean, she has yes. like all of these incredible business pursuits and Fenty is, and a mom and a mom. <laughs> and, yeah. And a mom. And she's like, it's, I, I'm so excited to see grown Rihanna. It's really funny. Cause TikTok, I think it was Kaylani, the singer, her and this other person were like, what do you think she's going to come out with? They, they were going down the line of like certain performers of mm-hmm. how they would start the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was so, it's really, really good. <laughs> anyone wants to look it up it's really good and there's a lot of people that are like have been really creative and doing lights and doing sound effects totally and how she's gonna start the show so i'm really curious i feel like she's gonna do it i feel like it's gonna be a blank stage and it's just gonna be her you think i think so and i think and i think all the other elements the dancers will come in. Come out. Yeah, yeah i think i think she'll start it literally just her on that stage could you imagine mm-hmm. how cool i don't need anybody to start the show it's just me yeah. like ah, so cool yeah the I'm theater really part of me loves the the individualism of that and like the the power in the silence and the, and the power in doing less. Like, oh, I love that. I think she would be, she would kill that. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm interested to see who's, if she's going to bring anyone out because she has a lot of collaborations. Yeah. I was thinking that too. I wonder who her guests, if she's going to have any guest artists perform. I don't know. I can't even begin to imagine who it would be. I mean, there's several. Jake, Eminem. I feel like Eminem was, he just did, I feel like it'd be weird to bring him back because he just did Super Bowl. I heard Kesha was a rumor, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so I don't think so, but I don't know. But Kesha's not similar to Rihanna in that way, but like I think Kesha's also sort of been through it and like has had a a journey where she like kind of went away for a while, Mm -hmm. you know? So I wonder if Rihanna would like spread the wealth and with that maybe, I don't know. I'm just literally just like shooting out ideas, but which is interesting. I'm excited to go away. Go Chiefs. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Because, um, no, um, Holmes, we love you. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Bye, Eagles, bye. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. I'm titling this episode, Bye, Eagles, bye. <laughs> no. Just no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. So the Grammys. Let's talk about Let's it. Let's talk about it. I was really happy for Harry Styles. Okay. I was too. And the thing is, okay, guys, do not come for me, Beehive. Because okay? I will come I'm for part, you back. I'm part of the Beehive, okay? Yeah, we love Beehive. As someone who has seen her 11 times, <laughs> 11, mm-hmm. since I was in elementary school, okay? Mm-hmm. The first time I saw Destiny's Child was at the TRL tour, okay? <laughs> so you can date me. So vintage. Like, I'm a stan. I'm a stan. Yeah. I think she should have won for Lemonade 1,000%. When I say I love Renaissance, that album has been on repeat since the summer. It's since so summer. good. It's so it's good. so good. It's Seamline, it's so, so good. And we can talk about the discrepancies of the Grammys. Like everyone knows it's messed up. And every award show has their own version of that. It's not. Yes. Yeah. The woman that used to be the head of the Grammys who mm-hmm. got hired in and then she got fired because she was like a whistleblower. She was trying to say all these things that were going on and they X'd her out. So it's very, it's corrupt. We, we know it's corrupt. If we're thinking about how the Grammys different from every other award show. A lot of award shows are pretty much like fan driven or voting or popularity. The Grammys is based on bodies of work and the composition of the actual album. Not saying that Beyonce, like the composition of her album wasn't amazing because it was. Mm -hmm. I think personally that Harry, it had more streams. If we're going off that, Harry's house had more streams than, than a renaissance. It reminds me of the Tony Awards where it yeah. is, it's about your body of work as well. It's it's not based on votes or anything like that. People don't want to hear this, but the Tony Awards also is a lot about money. 
and what's selling the most and what could use a little oomph to sell more by winning best musical. Like there is, there's a lot of, there's a lot at play and it's, it sounds very similar. I mean, Tony Awards is a much smaller scale, but yeah, it's, it sounds like a similar. And I, the thing is like, I love Beyonce. I, I wish she would have won for album of the year. There was something, I think it was a Hollywood reporter article or variety. I can't remember that one of the voters for the Grammy said that they weren't going to vote for her because it's too obvious. Uh-huh. So it's clear right there that people know that she's a popular artist and that they are just choosing not to vote for her because of her popularity. Totally. for it would be quote unquote unfair, which that's, that's messed up as it is. Right. I can be upset about Beyonce not winning, but also be excited for Harry. Like if you look at Lizzo's face filming him as he has his hands in his face, like he, she was so excited. And the thing is, I just want everyone to know Beyonce does not care. No, she Beyonce's does fine. not care. And the thing is, she, I, I think I have a theory. I said this on my TikTok. Mm-hmm. No, it was on my Instagram stories. I have a theory. Oh, I I saw this. Yes. She posted a picture of her awards that she was awarded that night that she wasn't there for. They have a pre-show because they can't award everyone or it will be like five hours long. She posted this picture with all her awards. Right. I'm like, why are you posting this? You haven't even won all the awards that you're up for yet. I think she knew that she wasn't getting album of the year, which is why she posted that. Absolutely. And I think the reason why she was quote unquote late traffic, sure, we can blame it on the traffic. I think she knew. She knew she wasn't getting album of the year. And I think she was able, she knew that she was going to get one award to seal of like the most winning artists yeah the, the history Grammys. the history making quota history making yeah. i think she's so far out of everyone's league at this point she's like so far removed so far removed no one can comprehend she's the artist of our lifetime well i mean period. the cat yeah the category of, of work is our catalog of work is is kind of unmatched honestly like, like I, I don't know anybody else who who's i mean even taylor swift like it's not the same for harry i think she was like happy for harry i think she's a fan of harry like they were both at the same after party yeah i think it was her after party it's a cool thing in your career to be that successful that you can just genuinely be happy with whatever happens at these kinds of awards just also sorry if you hear my laundry it's an admin day you guys this is a breakfast meeting um i i think that she's at the point in her career where she doesn't even need to win anything so she can genuinely be like she doesn't need to win anything so that her career progresses further so i think at this point she can go to these award shows and genuinely be happy for whoever beats her out because it doesn't affect her career at all <laughs> you know she really doesn't go to award shows as it is right you know she barely leaves her house she's kind of like megan in that aspect like she's kind of a, pretty much like a mystery she you only know her about her work mm-hmm. not about her personal life really well and she did uh, that she did that document docu-series too yeah about the super yeah. bowl was it about the super bowl or was it it was about her performing for something Coachella. Coachella. And it was, yes, yes. That was the closest we've ever gotten to any sort of intimate look into her life. And it really yeah, wasn't that in intimate. A while. <laughs> no, in a while. It was still about her work and her getting back after having the twins. Yes. She always said that she wanted her work to speak for itself and not her personal life. And so like the access we have to her is very limited. She stopped doing like interviews after her self-titled came out that she dropped. The homegirl changed the entire industry as a whole. When we're talking about like releasing 
music. She released that album on a Friday, no no publicity. People were freaking out and it came with like visuals. And we're like, what is going on? And this Friday is like, for people who don't know is, is like the day you don't release news because it's nothing. a slow day because people have the whole weekend and, and then you yes. want to catch them on Monday when they're like fresh. So the fact that she even dropped this album on a Friday is such a, it's such a boss choice. <laughs> yes. Like, and like <laughs> the Kardashians are known for burying things on, on Friday. Friday. Yeah. It's, so it's just interesting. So I'm happy for Harry. That album is very good. Even though I love Fine Line, I loved, I think he should have won for Five Line. I agree. Last year. But Harry's house is amazing. He did like three residencies, MSG, like 15 nights or something crazy. Like oh, yeah. The man, the man looked tired. I was like, <laughs> I need him to rest. I think Harry Styles has just done it all really well. His influences <clears throat> being like kind of running the whole gambit, like Elton John, um, Mick Jack. Like all of these really cool, very different influences have sort of created his original sound and his original sound is so palatable and fun to listen to. And and it can serve as background noise and it can serve as something you want to drive along to and it can serve as something you want to. It's very well done. His aesthetic whoever's doing his marketing, whoever's doing his his artwork is a genius because all of the neutrals, it's just very, very good. And it's all very palatable and it's all very relatable. He's also doing a lot of really great things for, for gender fluidity. I mean, people love him and he does not dress super masculine. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just think it's really cool that he's managed to kind of combine all of these different elements into his brand that really push social boundaries without making without stressing people out and not that you shouldn't stress people out that's not what I mean but I think he just does a really good job of it similarly to the way that like Elton John did it's for entertainment it's for fun it it doesn't have these like weird labels of like grooming and crap like that attached to it it's just for the art and I think not a lot of artists have been able to do that well yeah and he's just having fun like I like when he wears the stuff he wears it's just like he's just having fun yeah who cares Um, yeah I I I don't really I don't care I think anyone who's man enough to pull something off like he pulls off I'm like you must have to have the utmost confidence yeah absolutely to me that is the most attractive quality into Mm -hmm. into a person is the confidence that you have no matter what you look like like you just own it and you show up as your authentic self absolutely for people that don't know his performance people were saying that it was a little lackluster he sounded weird i think he one was tired and two yeah (laughs) the little spin table went the opposite direction yeah let's give a round of applause to those dancers who literally just reversed the combo with no rehearsal go off apparently they were trying the dancers were trying to get the operator attention yeah. during the performance saying it was going the wrong way and so I think he almost fell because when he was getting off of it he kind of looked like he tripped I was like oh, something is off because I've seen the video and so I was like this is weird like it's not going in the correct direction I was like do they change something dancers are superhuman I just want to mm, tell you that yes because you have to think so fast if something goes wrong you cannot show it on your face one no nope. two you have to keep going it is stress oh 100%. live television yeah, I remember one time when I was working at Radio City. There's this, if you've ever seen Christmas Spectacular at Radio City, there's a number called Santa's. It's all of the Rockettes and all of the ensemble dancers together in Santa, and they do this really cool choreography with bells. It's amazing. And it's like all cardio. It's such a fun number. Um, as a singer, it was like one of my favorite numbers to watch. But what people don't know about Radio City is that it's three levels of elevators, and the elevator technology is literally only at Radio City. So like when a part breaks, it literally has to be made for these elevators. One of the days that in the show, the middle elevator which goes up so that there's there's like layers of Santas it went up too high (laughs) and these dancers are like looking at 
the tech being like, what's like, we are very high up and like, normally they're not, they're like maybe three or four feet. This was like maybe six or eight feet. And you're doing this like really intense jumping choreo. And I remember thinking it was like my first taste of being like, wow, like dancers are superhuman. And if you're watching an award show where there is a huge performance like that, like Harry Styles, where there's a ton of dancers involved, they could be combating some sort of technical element that's gone awry. And you would never know. You would never Mm -hmm. know. So that's why I always say like, if you are, if you're ever at a show don't just pay attention to the leads like yes obviously like they're a great part of the show and you should pay attention to that but pay attention to the ensemble pay attention to the dancers and if you ever at a show where you see that it's it's not a lead it's an understudy just know like the work that goes into keeping that show afloat and keeping that show in pristine condition for an audience knowing that it's not what you're expecting Okay, that's my soapbox moment for the day. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of lip readers um, Uh on TikTok because like Harry, it was during someone's performance. I can't remember whose performance it was that he was talking to Taylor Swift. And he, someone kind of realized what he was telling her, saying that the talking, telling her about the performance, saying that the thing was going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. People were reading body language, reading all the things like Ben Affleck looked like he was being dragged there by his wife, like not wanting to be there. He did look pretty miserable in everyone else's defense. He did look like he did not want to be there. I mean, I feel like he's just like any other husband that's getting dragged to something that they don't want to go to. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying it's like an original thing. I just was laughing because I was like, wow, he looks like he would rather be anywhere else. And I think for him, since he's, you know, battled sobriety, like being at certain events like this sober is probably very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. People were really reading into that Taylor Swift, Harry Styles. I was like, can we stop assuming that every interaction Taylor Swift has has to do with a former relationship? She's been with Joe for what, four years? They've been together for a long time. Like, yeah, I think longer. Yeah, she's like a, a, a grown woman. Like, let's – I know she writes – this is my – okay, another soapbox moment about Taylor Swift. I am an actor, right? Mm-hmm. I have been in really toxic relationships. I've been in good relationships. I've been in loving relationships. I've been in narcissistic relationships with absolute psychopaths. I am over all of those relationships. I've moved on. I have grown. I have changed. I would never go back to any of those people, loving or not. When I'm doing a scene or a song in an audition, do I use those relationships to tell a story in the room to help it have it inform my choices acting wise? Yes, I do. That doesn't mean that I'm still hung up on this person. And I feel very similarly about Taylor Swift and the way she writes songs. She was in these relationships with different people like John Mayer or whatever. Yes, those those relationships inform her work. That doesn't mean that she still harbors all of this resentment towards this person. Mm-hmm. As an artist, you use your past experiences to inform your work. It does not mean that they're still very much a part of your present. It means that you're using them for your artistic growth. And that's not – that's what every artist does. That's just my opinion on Taylor Swift and how she gets – she still gets dragged into this conversation about, oh, she writes songs about her exes. Every musical every, on Broadway, yes. every song, every everyone has written about something or someone that has happened to them. And like, yeah, was she very upfront about it when she was in her 20s? Absolutely. But nobody else was. So I, I applaud her for being that transparent and being like, yeah, this is about this person. Yes, this is about this relationship. Because – your past informs your present and your past informs mm-hmm. your work and your past informs the way you show up to situations, whether you're an artist or not. Yeah, I agree. It's so funny if someone was like predicting who Harry's going to end up with next. I think mm-hmm. just for aesthetically. I feel like I know what you're going to say. You do? I feel like I do. You say it and then I'll tell you if I, if it was what I was thinking. Kendall Jenner? Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's going to go back to Florence Pugh. And I was like, I think so. Oh, no. I think she's over that. Probably. Because Kendall is obviously a very like 
she loves a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think aesthetically, like now, him and her would look. I just think they would look really good together. I mean, but yeah, anyways, they... that's neither here or there. Yeah, yeah. Because they were together at one point, and I thought they were really cute together. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that Niall and like Liam congratulated him on social media, which was really really cool. That is sweet. Um, yeah, I was a elder. One Direction fan. Yes. <laughs> and I went to one of their concerts when they were in, in LA and I was the oldest person there, but I really got the hype and <laughs> I was like, wow, the screeching is deafening. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was wild. So shall we segue? Let's segue. So we wanted to talk about, since Valentine's Day is what, Tuesday? Tuesday. We want to talk about our favorite rom-coms because everyone loves a rom-com and, you know, we're two single gals. Just two single gals. <laughs> Just living our With lives. With no Valentine's Day plans. With no Valentine's Day plans. But here's the thing. This is the first Valentine's Day that I haven't been sad about that. I haven't been sad about it for a while. It's kind of like, it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. my parents and it's my parents' anniversary, actually. Aw, happy anniversary to your parents. It's pretty much just celebrating them. But, um, okay. So we're going to go back and forth and talk about our favorites. Yeah, favorite Honestly, rom-coms. Yeah. My first is Notting Hill. Oh, good one. I have You have to have a Julia Roberts one on this list. I think that's a Obviously. requirement. Yeah, that's a requirement. requirement. Mm-hmm. She set the tone for rom-coms. Yeah, she did. It is one of my favorites because, one, it's set in London. Oh, and it's good. it is just the sweetest it's good. story. Hugh Grant and his little bookstore. Mm-hmm. And her and, like, she just looks so cool in this movie. Like The 90s scene. fashion is so yes. good, yeah. And her little beret and her lightly tinted sunglasses and her <laughs> leather trench coat. I'm like, oh, my God, can I recreate this? Yeah. Please. Yeah. It's just so good. The story's great. Someone made a reference to this particular movie um, towards the end that Harry and Meghan stole the ending for for their announcement, their baby announcement with like Lily when they're laying on the oh from Notting Hill. Yes, I mean it's cute. He's British. She's American. Cute. Like I know. And someone, I think it was the, the Daily Mail who said something. They about love that. a rom com though. There were so many they like do. when and Harry met loves, Meghan. Yeah, she and Meghan's a big Julia Roberts fan. Yeah, she so. is. She's a big Julia Roberts fan. But yes, that's my number one. Okay, I take your Notting Hill and I raise you Mystic Pizza. <sighs> Because Very that good. is such a good movie. So I I had to submit for – there's a musical version of it that somebody did out in Long Island, I think. And um, I, my agent sent me a submission request. I was like, what's Mystic Pizza? I never watched it. And so I watched the movie and I was like, oh, this is great. And it's also very funny and it's kind of racy for like when it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like really young Julia Roberts. It's just so cute and like – it's like small town girl. And I just – I don't know. I thought it was great. It was really – it was very funny. And she's like – what I love – about Julia Roberts in these movies is that she's always like a messy version of a woman. She's not like, not I shouldn't even say messy, I should say like real. Like she's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like a Lifetime movie where she's like this perfect girl and she like, wa- even like in Notting Hill, Notting Hill when she was playing a celebrity, like she was insecure and she was, I feel like it was just I just love how messy of a, of a girl she is in Mystic Pizza. And she just like has those moments where, and it, I re- relate to this on a smaller scale where you're dating somebody and then you start to really like them and then something happens and then you hear that they're somewhere or whatever and you like freak out and it's not at all what you think, you know? So I mm-hmm. thought that was cool and I love that movie. I would watch it again 
probably on Valentine's yeah. Day. It's so cute. I watched it for the first time like two summers ago mm-hmm. and I was staying at a friend's house and I was like, well, Mystic Pizza, I've seen it. I've just never watched it. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. And the thing is I knew, I was like, why does this look like it's in Connecticut mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's in Connecticut? That's I was it's- like, I, I know the sightings of the house, like yeah. the back of my head. All right. My second one is classic, 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 Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, so good. So good. I tell you, I can quote this movie and it's on a lot. It was on the other day and I, it doesn't matter where it is in the movie. I will sit and watch it like it's like I'm watching it for the first time. It's so good. Peak Reese. Like Peak Reese. Reese. She is one of, she's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. especially growing up in the nineties and yeah. early, early two thousands. She really was that girl. Elle Woods. And, yeah. Mm, everything. Elle Woods. And, and so this is just, this was just such a good, good movie and she's funny. It's funny. It hits all the notes for me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's set and it's set in Alabama and I ended up going to school in Alabama. So it's, it holds a different mm-hmm. um, weight mm-hmm. for me. Um, and the dogs are named after Paul Bear Bryant, who is one of the legendary coaches at Alabama. So th- that's a really funny. Dog. Yeah. I love um, that. But yeah, that's a, that's one of my, it's a really things. good cast too. Such a good cast. My second one is Bridget Jones's diary. Mm, yeah. I mean, okay, so this feeds into another favorite that I have, but it's based off of Pride and Prejudice. And it's so good. And Renee Zellweger is iconic. Her British accent is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And like Colin Firth, Hugh Grant, they're just perfectly cast. I mean, just perfectly cast. And it's so good. And I just love when she runs out in the snow and she's wearing no pants. (laughs) It's so cute. It's so good. So good. I just love that movie. And she's such a mess too. She's such a mess, but she's so funny. Renee is a Houston girl as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Her range is She has so much depth, really. So much. It's really, really incredible to watch. She's really great. My third one is The Wedding Planner. Mm. I love this movie so much. I have it on VHS. Oh, wow. Come on. Um, I mean, obviously J-Lo is multi-talented. Yes. But her as an actress, at least like back then, I I didn't watch the movie that she just released. I heard it was terrible. But this movie with Matthew McConaughey, it is so... I used to watch the movie over and over and over again. I think she is a really good rom-com actress. Mm-hmm. That was like a time where she was kind of like blowing up in the like music scene as well. And it was all this hype around it and I think this was yeah she was the wedding singer this she was the first artist ever to have a number one album and a number one movie at the same weekend mm-hmm. J-Lo was the name of the album The Wedding Planner came out the same time so it was a really really good movie I love that movie it's a classic and Matthew McConaughey he obviously was known for his rom-coms until he pivoted How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is so good <sighs> my next one is uh Someone Great that's oh, more of that's a recent a one. one. It's with Gina yeah, Rodriguez recent. and Brittany Snow. I like a lot of rom-coms that aren't, that kind of veer more on the complicated side. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I think it's like more real. I really, really liked that one. I thought it was, I just thought it was really great. I watched it multiple times. It's just like funny and anybody who's been through a breakup knows what that feels like and how hard it is to sort of like detach yourself from that and like grieve the future that you thought you had with that person and I just think it's really well done and the three girls are so well cast I'm trying to remember the name of the third one Dewanda Wise there we go and Michelle Bateau's in it um so many people are in it loved it 
Loved it, loved it, loved it. I Yeah, I remember when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is cute. Like, I actually really liked the storyline and um, I hadn't really watched anything that Gina Rodriguez was in. I didn't watch Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I was very pleasantly surprised about the movie. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, next for me is Guess Who. Ooh, wow. Okay. I was on an Ashton Kutcher kick the other day and I was I watched two of his movies and Guess Who was one of them. And I, working and watching the movie is I, I got no work done because I was laughing so hard mm-hmm. because Bernie Mac is a genius RIP. Ashton Kutcher is mm, to mm. me is one of the people that from my like childhood crushes that have transferred over to my adult life. That's because he's and, aged like a, a angel. Gosh, like him in like that 70s show oh, yeah. and punk, like all the things. Uh, Chris- it's just a really funny movie. It's kind of like a play on Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm-hmm. And Zoe Saldana is stunning per usual. Always. It's a really funny movie if anyone hasn't seen it. It is based on a couple who goes to meet the girlfriend's parents and she's black, he's white. She does not tell his her parents that he's white and it's him making up lies to try to like make her dad proud or something. It's so funny. Yeah. So funny. I'm changing my list from what I oh. originally told you. Yeah. Plot twist. Um, another one that I love is Something Borrowed. Oh, that's a that's the movie that if it's ever on, I will watch it the whole time. It's just mm. like the casting is amazing. Jennifer Goodwin, Kate Hudson, John Krasinski, anything John Krasinski is in, like, sign me up. He. It's just so well done and it's so – I read the book as well and it's just a really mm-hmm. good interpretation of the book. I just love it. I love it. I think it's such a great story about even like the subplots of like John Krasinski, like being in love with Jennifer Goodwin and her never really knowing. And it's just so good. And I I will watch it every time. And it's amazing. That's how I feel about Bride Wars. Yeah. Bride Wars is great too. That was my, that was my honorary mention. Cause I love Brian Greenberg, even though he Mm -hmm. he didn't have that much of a role in it, but love, love that movie. Anyways, my last one, Mm -hmm. this is more of a recent one. Okay. It is Crazy Rich Asians. (sighs) I can watch it all day, every day. It has become my comfort movie. I can, I watch it on the plane. It's just so good. I think the casting is fantastic, especially having an all Asian cast, which I don't think has ever been done before in in, an, in a American movie. I think it transcended race and it was just such a universal story that I feel like sometimes when people either do an all black cast and all like Hispanic class, like it's people, especially people in the movie business and, and the studios feel like it won't sell overseas, but clearly it was one of like the highest ranking movies, um, I think for the studio that year. And it's, it's such a great cast and obviously there's a trilogy. And so I'm waiting for the second one and, um, I need to read the books. I have not read the books. Yeah, girl, I gotta read the books. I gotta read the books. And I just love, 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 love that movie. Mm-hmm. The, the Like the two leads, the chemistry, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It made me want to like go to Singapore. Oh, same. I, I rode Singapore Airlines once. And to this day, oh, it's the best. Crazy. It's the best airline experience I've ever had. It's, it's it. so beautiful. Yeah, we flew back from, we were, so when I was a teenager, my family and I did like a trip to Italy and Austria. And our flight back, leaving Rome to Frankfurt, we had a connection to Frankfurt. We were leaving Rome and our flight got delayed because you know everything's on Rome time which if you know is like it's like weeks in advance so our plane broke and the they the part wasn't going to get there for another like six hours or something so they put us on a different flight to Frankfurt by the time we got to Frankfurt we missed our connection so we had to fly a, a flight back to New York and it was a uh, Singapore air and it was stunning like wow. so, we were in coach I mean we weren't even first class and it was so lovely it was yeah to this day it's the most beautiful I love that movie too I think it's you're right I do watch it on planes a lot <laughs> <laughs> but that is one of the movies also that if it's ever on, I'll watch it because it's so yeah. 
it's visually stunning. Uh, what, what what I think they did really well is that the storyline, everyone can connect to it on some level mm-hmm. of, of meeting yeah. a family that maybe isn't so accepting of you, mm-hmm. whether that be because of race, whether that be because of class, whether that be because of other elements. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it did a really, really wonderful job of telling a great story and and I mean, we love an all Asian cast. That's awesome. <laughs> Why not? And it showed that it showed that it, you know, it can be done. And I mean, it and sell. it should be done. I mean, at the end of the day, the goal is equity. So I think, you know, it shouldn't matter what you look like if you can tell the story, in my opinion. Yeah. Side note, my cousin lives in Singapore. Oh. He works for Under Armour. Wow. And he had just moved there and I'm dying to go. You should visit. Visit. You should visit. For sure. I would eat, I would eat my way through. It's a stunning um, city. And that, that airport? Wow. Wow. All of Singapore is, I feel like everyone talks about Dubai. I'm like, no, no, no. I think Singapore is like honorary mention. Like, um, my last one is, I don't think you can have a rom-com list of favorites without mentioning When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. Yes. I watched it for the first time ever a year ago. I've never seen it. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, what's so funny? What's so great about this movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut to me at the end, like, <laughs> sobbing on the couch. Um, it's so good. And I think you were saying that Julia Roberts has the monopoly on, on like, 90s rom-coms. But I would also argue so does Meg Ryan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, like, so, so great. And a lot of – I feel like a lot of rom-coms don't do the whole, like, spanning the test of time covering a storyline when people meet multiple times in their lifetime before they finally get together. Like usually it's like once, like they'll meet when they were younger and then they'll meet again, you know, in five years and then, you know, timing works out and whatever. But this, I love how they go from kids to like full adults through a marriage, through whatever. And, and they end up together and it's just so nice. And I love the scene in the diner where she fakes an orgasm. That makes me laugh so hard. Um, just so great. It's, it's amazing. Any honorary mentions? I have a few. Okay. Honorary mentions. Mm-hmm. I got to think about that one. Okay, I can go first. (laughs) My first honorary mention is No Strings Attached. Uh Uh-huh. I know. With Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. That movie is- I just watched it the other day. It is everything. It is everything. It is so funny. Ashton Kutcher is so okay. So I'm recently converted because I loved Ashton Kutcher in my twenties, <laughs> but he hasn't really done a film that much yeah, since. So no. I, I didn't really, I don't even think I've seen him in a couple of years. Um, and I remember when him and Mila Kunis started dating and she went on the Ellen show and she was like, Ellen kind of put her on the spot and she started to giggle cause they were, they are together and they were, now they have kids and stuff. But I have always thought that Ashton Kutcher is such a catch cause he's so funny and he's so, so funny, so tall. Not that we're heightest here, but like, I love a tall man. And he is like, just like a nerd, but very handsome, but like will age well. You know what I mean? He's uh, great. So that's a great film. And Natalie Portman is always good. I mean, she's good in everything. She's such a great actor. And I felt like she doesn't really do rom-coms a lot. So I'm glad that she no. she chose to do that one because A, their chemistry was great, but also her character was really, I thought was really dimensional and, and I loved it. And the casting is so great. And yeah, I thought it was mm-hmm. great. He's actually in the show on Netflix. I forgot what the name of it is, but he's like with Sam Elliott and it's a, it's a multicam sitcom. Oh, cool. He has his own company fighting sex trafficking. Like he calls that his day job. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I will one up you and do just friends. Oh, so good. (laughs) 
So the fact funny. that they ended up making the same movie. No, no, no. You're talking about. Look, are you talking about Friends with Benefits? Sorry. Yes. 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 They yeah, literally the benefits. exact same movie. Friends with Benefits. It's literally. This was before they were even together. I'm like, do y'all realize that y'all made the exact same movie and y'all ended up together? Uh huh. And he was just. I think I was chicks in the office, and he was talking about that. And they were like, do you know that y'all were in the same movie and like did not know? It, it's really funny. And they came and out I the same year. Came, yes. It was and I was crazy. like, cool. I mean, I'll watch Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis do the same thing, but like, this is this is the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And she's, she's so good in that movie yeah. and she's great comedic timing. She's stunning. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. And that was like when like Justin was like in his like acting bit, like he was yeah. really doing a lot of stuff. Yes. And he's a good actor. I mean, I, I would love to see him in other things. Um, Do you know that his um, Ashton Kutcher's first name is Charles? Was it Charles? I thought it was Christopher. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I can't read. It was Christopher. Okay. I'm going to start again. Did you know that Ashton's first name was Christopher? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That Ashton is actually his middle name. And he's from yeah, Iowa. He, he's from Cedar Rapids. Okay, yeah, no, I hate to Cedar Rapids. He, that was my least favorite tour stop. A, Sorry. He's a Midwestern boy. That tracks to me, but Cedar Rapids, I've been there. It's not much. Not much happening, if I'm being honest. I, I listened to him on the Dax Shepard um, podcast, and he talks about his upbringing. Says, you know, he didn't grow up with much, and he has been working since he was 10 years old, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started modeling and like moved to New York. And you know he's a twin. I did know that, yes. Which they don't look anything like to me, but obviously you don't have to look alike to be a twin. Yeah, they're fraternal. But yeah, <laughs> but we're going on a tangent That's about okay. Ashton The fact that he married Demi Moore when he was 26. Iconic. Thinking back to when I'm 26, mm-hmm. thinking about marrying someone in their 40s. And their children, their Demi's oldest was, I think, nine years younger than him. Mm-hmm. Crazy, and I and I know in her memoir she talks about the marriage a lot. And apparently, he has come out. I think it was the Esquire article that spread that he just did saying that he was pissed about her revealing so much of that marriage. And I haven't read the book, which I heard it's great. Well, I can't imagine Uh, that it's easy once you go through a divorce and you get to a point where you're at peace and then the person that you're divorced from, like in their, in their own journey of healing and writing this book, like kind of mm-hmm. drugs back up everything and you have to deal with it again. I'm sure that felt kind of weird. But also if that's yeah. what she needs to do, that's what she needs to do. Sorry. True. And he <laughs> was talking about how like helping raising a kid at 26 when she's not that much younger than he was and like Can't trying imagine. to be a dad. And it's very interesting. I don't know any 26-year-old boys who'd be ready to do that. <laughs> no. Not a single one. Um, and then my it's- parents had a really big age difference. My parents were 27 years apart. Wow. My dad didn't have any children. And I just did 23 and me, so I am sure about that. Um, he had no <laughs> other children. That kind of age difference is a challenge. And it, it depends on the people, I think, for certain people. I'm not sitting here saying that Leo DiCaprio should be dating 19-year-olds. Uh, I mean. But um, – or I shouldn't even say that. I don't even care that he's dating a 19-year-old if it's consensual or whatever. I care that the women that he's dating are only from 19 to 25. That to me is weird. Right. If you've never dated anybody over 25, like that to me is a little – cringy not a little cringy a lot cringy um i want to say his last person of age mm-hmm. is giselle um but anyway this isn't about leo we're not talking about him for right now yeah. um but I'm, I'm talking about ashton but i think like i do think it depends on the people i can't imagine that that would have been easy for a 26 year old boy most 26 year old boys that i know their brains aren't done developing <laughs> so yeah, and i think i think people in the industry they clearly grow up very very fast yeah. i just remember that time i was in high school when they got married mm-hmm. and i look back and like bruce him and bruce were really close yeah and, 
they were going to like Diddy's white party. It was a very interesting time yeah, in pop culture. That's what I mean, though. Very, it depends. very interesting. It, it really does depend on the people in the marriage. And I was really not shocked. That's not a word, but I was surprised of how long they lasted because age long difference time. does, you know, does affect a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for sure, uh, friends with benefits is one so of my good. favorites. So good. <laughs> so I'm gonna round it out. Um, so good. And this isn't this isn't really a rom com, but if you've never watched Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version, not the old one, <laughs> I will die on this hill. It is better. You need to watch it. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's Matthew McFadden. It's Keira Knightley. It's Ros- Rosamund Pike. It's the casting yes. is iconic. The family dynamic is perfect. It's um Donald Sutherland plays Mr. Bennett. Like it's gorgeous visually stunning judy dench is in it who lately with her commentary on the royals i don't have much use for but that's a whole other conversation it's that is the movie that if i if that's my comfort movie if i need to watch something i will watch kira knightley moody in the middle of a forest trying to find her way while matthew McFadden pines after her by being a jerk like it's iconic <laughs> um it's not a it's not rom-com but it's amazing there was one more that i was thinking of too Emma's good too. If you're in a Jane Austen moment, Emma's really good with um, Anya Taylor Joy. Mm, she did a yeah, great job with that. She's a very good actress. Yes, she's very um, good. Or just watch Bridgerton if you're in a Regency move. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just watch Bridgerton. It's really good. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm excited for Fantastic. season three. I'm excited. Me too. It's gonna and be good. I'm, I'm excited too for uh, Queen Charlotte's origin yes. story as well. Yeah, me too. I just love that the three boys on there are musical theater boys. Oh, from yeah. London like they're all West End performers Broadway like Jonathan Bailey was in um, company on Broadway he won an Olivier for it like these are all musical theater mm-hmm. boys they can all sing just saying we love we it we love a musical theater boy should we say anything about oh sure there was like what was it a charity uh-huh. yeah that came out that she's I guess part of it yes with. we love that along with going along with shaping let's us. acknowledge the growth that from the last episode there is a charity that she's partnering with which is great happy fine. to see it and then a picture is coming out of her hugging multiple people you can't see me at- but i'm crossing my eyes <laughs> multiple people and i think elizabeth holmes pointed this out on her stories that she this is very much a pr move it's a of, it's a little too on the nose if you want my it's opinion. like look at me i am a hugger. look at her she's me. a hugger and it's like her her, her team is like you got to go out there and yeah like basically make harry and megan look like liars well this is my thing is like maybe she was hugging people it wouldn't shock me if the british press didn't cover it cover it because they're not warm and fuzzy so like to me, if I'm a British journalist, a photo of me- of Kate hugging the public isn't going to do anything because it's not their vibe. So, like, I can understand if they're if they were if they need to pivot the image. Yeah, now show photos of her hugging people. And one of the people that she showed was shown hugging was her her own school teacher from when she was in grade school. And like, if I ran into my grade school teacher, I would for sure have hugged her. But like, I think it's it's like a weird. It's her PR team sucks. Like, it, it that's the, that's the message here is like they just don't get it. It's just too on the nose. It's too obvious. And don't sit here and tell me that Megan has no power over this family because the entire PR strategy that I've seen since. December has been centered around what Megan and Harry have said about them. So if you want to sit here and say that they don't matter, they don't have any power over this family, you are mistaken and confused. I just got a little heated there. I don't know if you can hear it in yeah. my voice, but I'm just over it yeah, a little bit. I'm just like over people saying like, well, they don't care. Oh, who cares about them? Obviously they care. Kate and William yeah. and Charles and all of them obviously they care otherwise nothing would have changed yeah and the thing is about the hugging i'm i'm not saying that she doesn't hug people mm-hmm. it was just so on the nose yeah it was kind of like a 
F you kind of thing um, to them. But because I think what they are saying, or at least in this context of what Megan was saying in the docuseries was they're not like, they don't just go up to people to hug. Like if, if someone is approaching them and going to hug them, especially if they're in close like proximity, if they're like face to face, they're not going to deny a hug. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to, they're not going to lean away. They're going to, they're going to going to do it. I think with Megan, she was saying that as someone that was going to be a future member of this family and the perception of they're just normal people behind the closed doors, Mm -hmm. that was shocking. And so it's not necessarily saying that she wasn't a hugger. It was more of- She didn't hug her sister-in-law. Yeah. That's weird, guys. When they first met. Like, I don't really (laughs) care what heritage you come from. That's weird. It's weird that you wouldn't even like- in a ceremonial sense, be like, hi, nice to meet you and do like a one-armed moment. It's a little strange. Mm-hmm. It's a little strange. Sorry. Like it's weird. It's it's clearly a cultural difference and it obviously did not land very well. Right. The other thing that I was thinking about that somebody brought up to me recently is that um, the most shared photo of Megan from that Fab Four walkabout when the queen died was a photo of Megan giving a hug to somebody in the public. Yeah. That was the photo that was shared the most besides the four of them walking together was Megan giving yeah. a hug to that girl who asked for a hug and Megan was like, yeah, of course. And he gave her a hug. She looks physically oh, shaken. I can't even talk about that walkabout. She, I get upset. Like she looks scared. Like, she looks scared. She looks scared because she knows one, these people don't like her. No. Two, this is her first time back doing something like this. Yes. And she knows what has been said about her. 100%. And so it's like walking into the lion's den knowing that you probably won't come out alive. Yeah. Delicate matter. And she did not want to do anything because she knew everyone was looking and at her. And the fact that she knew all of that and still in that moment chose to show up for the British public. The, the fact yeah. that in that in that moment, she still said yes to a walkabout. And regardless of what you may think, she did have a choice because she they chose to leave. Like there are choices there whether people choose, choose to make those choices or not. She still in that moment was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll do, I'll do my diligence for the queen. I will still show up and, and shake hands with people who, and there are plenty of videos of people snubbing her and not shaking her mm-hmm. hand and she moves right along. And that is, that must've been so hard. So I'm yeah. not, I'm just here to say that Kate's PR team, you need a new overhaul. Oh, she got a new private secretary who's apparently yes, a ball buster, quote unquote. And I was like, <laughs> okay, relax. Is she? I hope she's yeah. young. I hope she's younger. For her to come back into that environment. And that just, that just shows you that this is about family at the end of the day. Yeah. This is more than a job. They weren't there as working members. They were there as well, Harry and William were there as the grand the grandchildren, yeah. the grandchildren of the queen and, and sons of the king. Sons of the king. Yeah. So it's And something else that I want to also say too is that the the media in in the UK is still operating as if every fashion moment by Kate is a dig at Megan, is a competition with Megan. Megan's not participating, you guys. She's not participating. None. We have not seen her since when? December. Since December. Like Yeah, since the, uh, the RFK Awards. Yeah, so if you listen to this podcast and you're in the UK and you probably hate everything that we just said, really think about the fact that you last saw Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. Think about how much she's really participating in this quote-unquote competition because I'm pretty sure it's not a competition unless both parties are, are competing and Meghan's not even present. No. It's disgusting. It's more than just them wanting it to be a competition. Like, shh, there is no competition. No. In my eyes. You know, it also doesn't neither, have to be. It doesn't have to be a competition. No, neither women benefit from that. Exactly. 
<laughs> the press is like, where's Megan? Where's Megan? Why wasn't she out during the the um, Harry's like press tour for the book? I'm like, one, it's his book, not hers. Mm-hmm. And it's so, his story, um, not hers. And her her section of the book is literally part three. So She's in a third of the book. Life. She's in a third of the book, you guys. <laughs> the last third of the book. Yeah. So it's like she wasn't even part of the big parts of his life. Right. So anyways, I could talk about that all day, but- I'm just so over it. it. I'm so over the competition between the two women. Like it's, they are both allowed to exist- separately and they don't have to be one thing doesn't have to be a dig one thing doesn't have to be a competition like even this hugging stuff like that's why I do I blame the press but I also blame KP Mm -hmm. and like that's not helpful all you're doing is making Kate look stupid like Mm -hmm. I'm sorry and it It doesn't look natural it doesn't look natural it's not even that it's not even that her hugging people doesn't look natural because I'm sure she does hug people I think it's, yeah. but it's like the the two on the nose press coverage. It's so awkward, and everybody knows what you're doing, and it's not working. It's not working. And it's the pictures that they choose to post on their Instagram. Uh-huh. They're like, see, look, look at what a hugger. Like, pl- give me a break. Like, I just can't handle it. Anyway, I don't want to end this neg- this episode on a negative note, but that really annoyed yeah. me this week. I was like, you've got to be joking. Like, come on, both women deserve better. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, do you think? Mm-hmm. In your opinion, yeah. they will go to the coronation. Yes, I do. I mm-hmm. do. I think um, – well, somebody came out and said this as well, is that if they don't go, it's worse. Yes. If they don't go, it's worse. And I think ultimately Harry is a monarchist. Harry believes in the monarchy. He said that. Yeah. I feel like they both are they both at are. this point. Yeah. I mean I don't think that this is about the abolishment of the monarchy for Harry or Meghan. I, re- I really it, don't. I, it was never like that even though it felt like it yeah. because of what they were doing. They just wanted accountability. They wanted it things to change, mm-hmm. not necessarily in a cultural way. They just wanted the system itself to work together instead of against each other because that's what was happening. And so I think – Clearly, Megan signed up for this because she believed in the mission of what they were doing or what they thought that they were going to do. Absolutely. Um, I think she believed in the power that comes with the platform and and the good that can come from that power with a platform. I know that there's like some conversation about what the monarchy affects in terms of politics in the UK. In reality, they're just at this point, I'm not saying historically, that's not true. But at this point in, in the current climate, they're like... This is going to, I don't mean this with a negative connotation. I just mean like in terms of the platform that they have, they're glorified influencers. I mean, what they wear gets scrutinized. It's exactly the same as like Alex Earl wearing a certain lipstick on TikTok. It goes viral. Mm -hmm. Everything that Kate wears sells out unless it's bespoke. So my thing is like, they're sort of glorified influencers and, and the charities that they choose to partner with. I mean, we saw it with Kate's the amount of clicks and followers and likes that that one charity got because she showed up there with for a couple of maybe like an hour or two with those kids. What they do holds weight. And I think that was what Megan was so excited about when she joined the family, when she joined the firm is the good that she could do. Yeah. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but I just I just think like, I, do I think they'll go to the coronation? Yeah, absolutely. I think they will. I think Megan and Harry are now their own separate entity. They will go, they will support Charles. You know, the, it'll be similar to the Jubilee. They'll be in and they'll be out. And yeah. then when they get home, we'll hear about all the stuff that they did with SmartWorks and WellChild while they were there. I think I think they should go because at the end of the day, if they quote unquote want reconcil- reconciliation, yes. they're going to do whatever they can to mend that relationship. I agree. And someone said if they go, they're going to get the York sisters treatment. I was like, dang, that's a little. Yeah, but say what you want, Eugenie. 
he's moving to California. Yeah, that's right. That that rumor came out and saying that they're thinking about moving to California, which I think that would be great for them. I actually really love her. Eugenie? Over the past yeah, me, me too. The past couple of years, I've really been for her. I think that she's just so chill. I love her raspy voice. I love Oh yeah. Like the fact that the video that she posted of August is literally a dead ringer for Lily. It's so twins. cute. It was so cute. Aww. Even the stories of him like being out outside Frogmore Cottage being like dada like oh so cute yeah, i would love for harry to have some family me too Close. me too yeah and i think i also love beatrice i think it, you know what's interesting is that beatrice also married a divorcee and yeah. with a child a kid. with a child yeah. and nobody cared mm-hmm. nobody cared none, um, none. no one cared. and i like and he's very good looking he's, yeah and i like i like beatrice's style i think it's great i think i think that i hope that the rumor is true and that eugenie does move to california i agree i think harry needs some family and i think it would be nice for archie and lily to have cousins nearby and mm-hmm. i just think that would be special yeah you know I, I i think i'm on even though i'm choosing to believe harry's side of the story yeah. um until there's another side to be told i do believe that they were traumatized and people are like why would you go back to something that traumatized you but it's complicated because it's family yeah you know? it is it's very complicated and, and so it's some people can write off their family and never talk to them again i think that will do both of them a very big disservice. Right. I agree. To just completely cut that off and expect people to continue to pay attention or care or to or for them to use their royal status, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I agree. So I think for, for them, I think the family needs them yeah. more than they need the family. I think that's been proven over what they've done over the last two years that we, were, we talked about in the impact report. They've done plenty of good on their own. I think there needs to be some sort of sit down I'm, before yeah. they go over there. Because it's just going to look weird. Be the biggest elephant in the room. They need to put on a dang smile. Like, William, I need you to smile and act like you love your brother. I mean, William, I I need you to get in a room with your brother and a therapist and talk this out. And know that you're not going to both come out happy, but you're going to come out at at peace with what's going on. Like, I've Mm -hmm. I've said this for a while. I just like, I need William and Harry in the room with with a mediator. Just let them duke it out. This is their problem. Yes. William holds resentment for the fact that Harry can get out. And Harry holds resentment that William didn't show up for his wife or him when he was mm-hmm. growing up. But William tried. Like, it's very complicated. William was ready at some point. They just grieve differently. And they both need to mm-hmm. come to terms with that and both need to, to be at peace. Wow, we really talk like we know these people, but we don't. Also, I want to address something, too. Um, I recently heard that somebody said that, oh, well, you guys take Harry's book as gospel. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I do take his experience as valid because it was his experience. If William wrote a book about his experience, I would also take that as valid because it was William's experience. It's not about believing things as gospel. It's about understanding that there's context and nuance with everybody's experience. But if Harry wrote that he felt this way because William did this, yeah, I do believe that because Harry's feelings are not up for negotiation. Nobody's feelings are are, are up for negotiation because they are your feelings. Yes. Thank you. And like this is a mental health a podcast. Book. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is not a history book. No. And the way that he wrote about it, he's very much processed all of it. So it's yes. it's whether whether or not whether or not you agree with his feelings about it, that doesn't mean they're not valid. Same thing mm-hmm. with William, same thing with Kate. I mean, I'm sure they have very different events or or feelings about how that went down. Their feelings are valid too. It, it's not about 
it's 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 understanding that somebody's feelings are their feelings, not facts. Feelings aren't facts. Is is this is the mental health moment for this podcast? Is that feelings aren't facts? Okay, we literally went on a whole a whole spare <laughs> and Megan and Harry and Kate and William tangent. Um, uh, okay, let's finish off with like, okay, what's your biggest piece of dating advice, dating advice. that you've ever that you've gained from dating? And from relationships. Let's leave the girlies with some wisdom. I have come to a conclusion of my own healing journey Mm -hmm. um, that you have to be a 100% whole person before you find someone. Mm. It's not two halves make a whole. It's two holes make – Yeah. I don't know. It's not somebody completing you. It's you can be No, it's not about completion and – I think in the past for me, I always was like, felt like that's what I needed to do based on society and mm-hmm. all those things. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be a whole person. You have to be your own person. You can't lose yourself in the midst of trying to date someone. And dating is literally like a job interview. You are seeing if this person is worth getting to know. And it's not saying that every guy that you go on go out on a date with is going to be your boyfriend or your future husband. Like, no, there's qualities and there's things you have to have, not necessarily like a checklist of like, he has to be this height and this look like this. No, you have to have actual like attributes that they need to have. Like if they don't meet certain things that I need, then it's not going to be a no because- Well, you never want to date somebody and hope that they will fit your, what you are looking for down the road. Yes. And they will never meet that expectation. So don't go in thinking you can change someone. Like once you see, like they have to change for themselves if there's something drastically wrong, like they have to do that work themselves, Mm -hmm. but they shouldn't be doing it for you and you shouldn't want them to do that. Agreed. hundred percent. Wow. So wise. Absolutely. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. So wise. Do the work inside because people are going in two relationships completely broken and expecting that to heal them. And it's just make things worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my um my therapist told me once that cuz I was doing that too. I was when I was dating a couple years ago, I was like looking for somebody to build a life with and my therapist told me that, "Why don't you build your life and then the person that is meant to be there will meet exactly. you, will meet you there." And I thought that was that like kind of yes. changed my life. I think my biggest piece of advice is when somebody shows you who they are, believe mm-hmm. what they are showing you. If you mm-hmm. if you are dating somebody, for example, I'm this isn't to me, just like in general. This is just like an example. Um, if you're dating somebody and they make a decision that like has you questioning their judgment a little bit or and if mm-hmm. it, if it's a repeated pattern or if or if they make a I don't know if they say something to you or or they behave in a certain way out with your friends that's them take that as information don't take it personally it's information mm-hmm. about them it's the information about the way that they behave it's the way information about the way that they make decisions you want someone who's going to make a decision with your personal safety and your mental well-being and your heart in mind. You want somebody who's in it, if they're in a situation where they have a choice to choose one way or the other, will think inside, how would this make my partner feel? You want Mm -hmm. somebody who's going to keep you front of mind. And so I think the biggest piece of advice that I have is, is pay attention to what they're showing you. Take it as information because people will always show you who they are. A lot of times people get upset if you don't meet their expectations but they have shown you who they are the whole time. You just don't want to mm-hmm. see it. So my thing is pay attention to that. Clock those things 
and take it as information. And if it's not for you, move on because all you're doing is wasting time. I heard somebody say this really cool thing on a podcast and it was like, get out of my husband's way. (laughs) And I'm like, that like really stuck with me is like now if I'm, if I'm dating somebody and, and I don't like the way that they treat a waiter or I don't like the way that they talk to me, or I don't like the way that they speak about their own family in my mind. Now I hear a voice that says, get out of my husband's way. And that Mm -hmm. to me is like mic drop. (laughs) My biggest, my, my biggest thing is one of the things I look for, especially if we're out in public, a dinner, lunch, whatever, Mm -hmm. how they treat a server. Yeah. hundred percent. Because I, I was one. And yeah, so, so was I was I. like, how how do you treat people that are serving you? Yep. That's gonna tell me a lot about who who you are. Absolutely. And so I pay attention. And I'll 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 end on this is like you gotta be running your own race and eventually you're gonna start seeing someone running beside you and you're gonna see how far that they will run beside you and eventually you'll meet at the end together. And so just stay focused on you mm-hmm. and don't worry about other things that may deter you from what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. If you are single like us, mm-hmm. just know that if you were supposed to be with someone, you would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If and, and, and if somebody is meant to be in your life and they want to be in your life, they will find – and you're open to having people in your life, that part is important, they will mm-hmm. find a way to be in your life. He who finds a wife <laughs> finds a good thing. That's right. Amen. Anyways. Um, or a partner, so your about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyways, thanks so much for coming on this journey with us. It was all over the this place. This was a fun episode. Fun. I liked this one. If you have any rom coms that you like that weren't mentioned, yes, send it over to us in the comments. And yeah, happy Super Bowl! Yeah, even though it will be coming out the day after, <laughs> hopefully, your team wins. Go Chiefs, okay, the Eagles. Go Chiefs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So um, we will sure be talking about it next week. Yes, yes, yes. But until then, my name's Lindsay. You can follow me at L-I-N-D-S-E-Y underscore E underscore White. And I'm Kellyanne at Kellyanne DeCarlo, K-E-L-L-I-A-N-N. And you can follow the show at She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast on Instagram. And if you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And if you didn't like it, Maybe there's another show that you would like, but please don't leave a negative comment. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you next week. Thanks for being with us this week. Follow us on Instagram at She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. And if you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to rate and subscribe to us so that you never miss an episode. Special thanks to Red Brandt for our theme song. Be sure to find more of his work on Instagram at R-E-D-D-B-R-A-N-D-T. See you next time.